Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We spoke earlier today to Wayne Helley, who's the CEO of Peninsula Energy, ASX-listed uranium junior with assets in Wyoming, USA. And if you want our thoughts on that conversation and indeed the converse, uh, the company itself, uh, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club, uh, where you can also find detailed company reports, market commentary from experts from around the world on a variety of commodities and companies. There are training videos on there. There are also summaries of other interviews that we have done just to save you some time. And of course, there's a thriving community of investors uh, on there sharing their thoughts and ideas. So do go along to cruxinvestor.com forward slash club and sign up. Hey, Wayne, how you doing? Doing good, Matt. Thanks. Long time. How have you been? What's, what's happening? Well, as we talk uh, here in the United States, we're waiting for election results. We've I all heard. voted. I heard something about we that. We voted and we don't know who we voted for. But I, I believe me, we can count here in the United States and we're showing that we can count for a good long time. Yeah, yeah, seems, seems, seems to be. But yeah, you guys don't really care. Who wins? The Uranium Juniors have got it good, whoever uh, is in the House at the end of all of this. I think that's right. Uh, President Trump has been very good for uh, the uranium producers uh, here in the United States. He's supported us with his nuclear fuel working group and the outcomes of the nuclear fuel working group. But if uh, Joe Biden becomes president, I think we still have a very good path forward. Uh, the party that he represents is is uh, interested in keeping a clean energy grid. Uh, nuclear power fits so well into that clean energy grid. Uh, there's no reason to think that uh, under a Biden administration that that uranium mining would be, um, you know, in jeopardy. Yeah, I think I think that's right. And you staying uh, healthy, wealthy, and wise, uh, avoiding COVID. I have been. Uh, it's been a long stay here at the house, uh, <laughs> probably since March, since we've made any significant travels. But I've zoomed around the world. Uh, technology is our friend now, and and uh, you know, staying healthy is is the key. We we have a lot of important work to do, and we can't do it if we're laid up. Well, yeah, and why I say healthy, wealthy, and wise is people are finding that they're saving a lot of money. You know not having to travel the world, stay at hotels, book into conferences and so on. So um, I guess oh, yeah, that's our, all on the upside too, right? I, I think that's going to be the you know real clear case is that our corporate expenditures are way down. You know, Zoom meetings cost a lot less than, than flying to destinations and having in-person meetings. You're, you're welcome. Uh, and by the way, do excuse, there's some banging and whizzing and crashing outside. It seems that someone's decided now's the time to let off some fireworks. And I, I, I suspect it's the British government giving in. This is, this is the moment we just said, we give up. We've had enough. We don't know what to do. That's what it feels like in per, a way. Per, perhaps your neighbors are celebrating the fact that they're locked down. Maybe. Maybe. Did you hear that? That's a good I one. Did. That was a good one. Okay, we're, we're going to get through this. We're going to get. I hope you don't get any banging and whizzing at your end. Anyway, I'll say it'll mean something else completely. Um, so why don't we uh, start with a one-minute overview of what is Peninsula Energy, and then we'll get stuck into it. Well, Peninsula Energy is a U.S.-based uranium 
mining and development company. We're Australian exchange listed, ASX, our ticker is PEN, P-E-N. Um, but, you know, we're really well positioned today. We've taken the time to, to restructure our capital. Uh, we have good finance, uh, our good money in place to, to make a long run. But most importantly, you know, we have an in-situ recovery project here in the state of Wyoming. It's fully licensed as a great capacity and it's positioned to go forward. Okay, so I'm not going to talk about the restructuring of the balance sheet. We, t- we talked about that last time out. People can look at the link below and hear that story of why you did it, what it, what it means, etc. So we're saying we've restructured, we've got the balance sheet now to do what we need to do. All good news. And I'm going to talk to you about some of the things um, uh, that you've been doing in a second. But just for people new to this one, can you explain what ISR is? Like in situ recovery, it's not, it's unlike a conventional mining uh, technique. We don't dig a, a pit, we don't go underground. We use wells and, and inject water through wells to access the ore body, and we recover the mineral, this time uh, uranium, uh, by dissolving it underground in situ and, and then pulling that water back to the surface where we have a recovery plant. Um, and, and so we're using a different uh, mining technique. The advantages of it, it's very environmentally friendly. Its footprint is incredibly small. Uh, at the end of the day, um, you leave a uh, project site that is open for unrestricted use. You don't leave tailings, ponds, or pits, or anything like that. So um, you know, environmentally, very attractive way, a very low-cost way to mine. Uh, it's not so capital-intensive. It's flexible. Uh, you can ramp up and ramp down production as needed to reflect the markets. Um, you know, it's a great mining technique. So, it's, I mean, we, people sort of know Kazatom from. They use ISR and they're one of the world's largest producers, one of the lowest cost producers. It, it, should we read the same thing into the your situation? I mean, what can you tell us about scale? What can you tell us um, about where you sit in terms of uh, cost? Certainly. Well, right. Because Adam Prom uh, in Kazakhstan, they are exclusively using the in situ recovery ISR techniques. They use the low pH chemistry, which uh, Peninsula has moved to over the last two years. We're the only U.S. company that's fully licensed to use uh, low pH chemistry. We think that's going to be a significant competitive advantage to us as we ramp up our production. Um, we'll see production costs reflective of U.S. ore bodies and, and U.S. Uh, and regulatory environments. It's going to be slightly higher than what the, you know, the Kazakhs can do, um, you know, but our incentive price for production now is, is, you know, probably in the $40 a pound plus range. You know, we'll need uh, contracts in the 40s to $50 a pound uh, But what, what's that mean? What's that mean? Tell me what that means. So you, you, you'll produce a a price which you can't say yet because you're not doing it or because incentive price could mean different things to different people. You, you, you could be incentivized by five buck margin or, well, or 20 buck margin. You know, we have a pretty robust feasibility study. Uh, we authored it about two years ago and every time we put it to the test, either through field demonstrations or other evaluations, we found it to be you know, a very reliable uh, prediction of our production costs. If we're producing at two million pounds a year, our our all-in sustaining costs at at the Lance project in Wyoming will be about thirty thirty one dollars a pound. Okay. So, 
So, you know, we have a license for 3 million pounds. I'm giving you a 2 million uh, pound production rate cost. Uh, you know, it's, it's very close to what the market is today. But, um, you know, to incentivize us to get a fair return on investment, it, we need to have a slightly better market. Yeah, okay. I mean, a license for 3 million pounds production. I mean, that's significant in the context of a U.S. junior producer. I mean, it's, it's, it's well, it's, it's well up there. So in terms of your ability to deliver against that, have you got the scale in terms of what you know about the ore body to be able to get anywhere near that number? Right. The reason you would put a, a three million pound per year license in place is because you have a significant ore body. The Lance project has the largest resource of any uh, U.S. project with over 53 million pounds of jork compliant resource. It means we can pr- produce at a good rate for a long time. And, and that's really scalably the difference between what Peninsula offers with the Lance project and what other projects, you know, 10 million pounds is a good project in the U.S. We have 50. Okay, so you've got some scale. So how do you, and I guess it comes back to, I guess, that session you did with the uh, Crux Investor Club members on, on with that exclusive um, look at ISR and how do you manage fields is scale is one thing, scaling up is, is another. So what, what are the contingencies there that you look at? Well, right. Um, in order to produce at a higher rate in an in-situ recovery uh, operation, you have to have more wells in operation at any given time, more well fields. Uh, you know, of course, with the large size and scale of the Lance project, we can develop faster and put more into production at one time. Flow rate, as we discussed with your uh uh, investors club uh, is a key to production in in situ recovery. Uh, the Lance project could be scaled up to over 6,000 gallons a minute with multiple well fields and be producing uh, two to three million pounds per year. So it's just a matter of how much uh, you expend in, in development um, at any given time. Uh, well field development is your analog to stripping uh, topsoil in an open pit mine. Okay, so, and so how quickly do you bring, can you bring this back online? Let, let's say you have the money you need. For, for what, how much money would you need to bring this back online? Yeah, uh, well, we could put our project back online as a, as a low pH um, a producer with just $6 million. Oh, wow, uh, and okay. Yeah, that's the cost it's going to take for us to transform the current and modern facilities from the alkaline chemistry to the low pH. Uh, so a $6 million investment. We have existing well fields that have not, or, or mine units, uh, areas with wells that have not been fully depleted, probably about 50% depleted, and they can be quickly converted uh, in that $6 million expenditure um, six months. We could be up and running within six months, $6 million. Uh, it's easy to remember, but it's fast and it's and it's the lowest capital intensity really for anybody to put a project back in. Now to get it, you know, to get our project up and running at its current full capacity, we need to develop new well fields. New well fields take typically nine to 12 months uh, to install and get authorized and then you know we can start producing in new areas as well so our our existing areas can carry us forward and then and while we develop new areas and that gives us that competitive advantage because really 
you know, all of our um, peer companies are at a point where they've fully exhausted their current well fields and they need to develop new ones. So we have a little bit of a time advantage, you know, and being a fast actor and being able to be up at six months rather than a year. Uh, and our capital, you know, advantage is, is incredible because we have existing well fields ready to go. Right. So just, just coming back to the whole licensing thing. So the current well fields licensed to move into new uh, fields or, or create new fields um, nine to 12 months. Yeah. And, and I know you've said low environmental impact and all of that sort of stuff. So are there any other sort of licensing hurdles to o- overcome? Is it, do you get, no, do you get help back anyway? No? Okay. No, I mean, I mean every new license uh, uh, has to have a well field package or, or every, I'm sorry, every new well field, has, you know, we submit a well field package, but that generally gets approved in 30 to 60 days. It's a, it's a quick review. It's a, it's a very rote review because we know what we have to present to the regulators is, you know, what we're sharing with them is, is baseline groundwater qualities and, and restoration targets when we, you know, complete our mining and they approve those, you know, because the calculation is very standard approach. Okay. So the thing I, so I get, I get all of that. So it's, you know, it's low environmental impact. It's, Low, low incentive price, lower incentive price. Um, you were talking about speed to market, six months, scalable, you know, three million pound license. You know, it all, all sounds great, but I, what I need to believe is that you guys know what you're doing. You're talking about low pH, like it's you've cracked the code. I mean, wh- what is it? Why, why is that such a big deal? Well, that chemistry is proven to be more effective globally. Uh, it is what, how the Kazakhs produce at the lowest cost. It is how you know Australian projects produce. It's it's not a mystery. Fifty percent of the world's production of uranium in 2019, 57 percent was was generated by low pH ISR. So it's not like you have to invent a new wheel or, or crack a new code. Uh, we are applying it in the United States for the first time on a commercial basis, uh, and and that's just because the the projects that we have in the United States have been um, fairly readily amenable to the alkaline chemistry, and it was really how we as an industry evolved in the United States. We used the alkaline chemistry, and now we see there's a better way, and uh, Peninsula's led the charge here in the United States to implement the most effective and you know, cost-effective and really resource recovery effective way to produce. But it was it's kind of interesting because if you look back before you arrived, the company wasn't looking at this as a solution. So you talk about 50% of the world's you know production coming from ISR, low pH stuff. But if it's so obvious, I mean, what was the, what was the company focused on before that, before you walked in? Well, we're looking at, uh, the company was looking at ways to get the alkaline chemistry to be a little more effective on the site. You know, and, and it turned out really that the team that we have in place is a very good team. Um, they know what they're doing with in situ recovery. They have great, you know, great experience in many, many years. Our site team has about 150 years cumulatively uh, and collectively uh, of uranium production experience in the United States. They weren't doing anything wrong with the, with the alkaline chemistry. It just wasn't the best chemistry for our ore deposit. And, you know, so in the time since I've come on board, 
uh, we've we've uh, pushed forward with more effective chemistries, you know, and and, and the concept of using uh, low pH. You know, you really have to, you know, think to yourself, well, we're going to be the first ones in the U.S. to do this. You know, is that going to be an easy path or a hard path? You know, we convinced ourselves that there was a a proper path, uh, and and we pursued it. And now, you know, we we've come out. Uh, with the licenses and the authorizations that we needed to to move forward, so we're you know we're happy with what we've done. Um, you know we're looking forward to to having the best chemistry applied at our site, and we continue to look to optimize that chemistry. You know to to find the the formulations of how do you apply um, the chemistry uh, to be most effective. Okay, and so talk to me about. Um the funding you, you you restructured the balance sheet recently, okay? So I think you definitely needed to do you had some, you had some debt uh, payable at the end of this year. Um, you've you've got to allocate that wisely still, right? Because no one knows, no one seems to know, has not known for the last three or four years when this market is is coming back in a, in a timely fashion. So you've got to be smart about how you spend that money. So. What, what, what have you agreed to do at the board level or what are you thinking about how you do that? Well, we've really geared our expenditure rate to be in line with our revenues rate. Remember, we have contracts. Um, we're, we're that junior company. We are that junior company that has sales revenues. And we've really geared our, our, our expenditure rates to be in line with our annual uh, revenues. Now, you won't see that on a quarterly basis because everybody has always said uranium sales are lumpy. You know, we go quarters where we don't sell a thing and it looks like we're burning through a lot of money. And then in the next quarter, you know, we have a, you know, a good quarter because we'll have a sale and it'll be, um, you know, more revenue net than, than, you know, our expenditures. So what we've done as a company, you know, we've looked at project level expenditures, corporate level expenditures, and we've geared them to closely match. So we have a very long runway now. We had, we entered this current quarter with $9.4 million US in the bank. Uh, you know, we have sales here in this quarter. They're, it's a smaller sale. It's not, you know, it's not going to, you know, make, make headline news, but it's going to contribute to the coffers and, and we're going to have a good quarter. Um, you know, because we have both sales and, and um, you know, reasonable expenditures. So, what, so um, you've got contracts at fixed prices and you're buying in the market at spot at obviously currently probably lower prices. The delta is your margin, right? That's how you're making That's money right. at the moment. Okay. And, That's right. And obviously, I think prices are back down. Below, are they below 30 today as we stand? Well, actually, they've just started moving up this week, and and we've hit thirty dollars again. We were That's we did go below thirty, uh, but but prices seem to be strengthening a little bit. Um, you know, I think over the course of the quarter and and into next year, prices are going to strengthen. Okay, so you've got you've got long term contracts. I mean, what, what do these contracts look like? What was the value of them in terms of pounds? You know, we're doing about 400, 500,000 pounds a year delivery into our contracts. Uh, prices for those deliveries are 51 to $53 um, per pound, which is significantly better than the spot price today. Uh, we have some flexibility towards, uh, you know, fulfilling them with uh, 
with market sourced materials. So, you know, we did go ahead for 2021 and lock in purchase agreements for 400,000 pounds. So we know what our margin is going to be. We know that our margin is going to be in the six to $8 million uh, range. And therefore for the year, we've geared our expenditures uh, towards $8 million. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Totally understood. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the market then, if, if we may, because you, you also you need to have a view on that. We heard Cameco last night. I thought, you know, great, great uh, conversation had there. Very honest as usual, um, but their their views. Um, anything you disagree with in terms of what they said? No, I, I think a couple of the takeaways that, that they had, um, you know, are very important. Mines deplete. Uh, I, I don't know if you heard that clearly in the Cameco um, um, webcast, but mines deplete. And we have a couple of mines that we know are going to be taken offline that, that have been putting material into the hands of traders or into the spot market. These are mines that were not producing four contracts. They were uh, producing uncommitted pounds and uncommitted pounds end up in the spot market, uh, you know, as, as excess material. So, you know, at some point, we all know, you know, mines are going to deplete. We know that, that and they've named several um, mines that are going to be going offline. We also know that, um, and, you know, we knew this with without Cameco, uh, we know that Olympic Dam's expansion um, was was decided to not, or, or you know, was, was canceled. There won't be an expansion. Olympic Dam produces pounds for you know, uncommitted. They may have contracts, but they're spot price related. Uh, you know, and and so you know, an expansion, any expansion of Olympic Dam would have been detrimental to the market long term. Um, so we we think that's a you know a very favorable outcome for the market of, of uranium as a whole. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I you know we we discussed it at length with um, Brandon Monroe. Earlier, earlier today, and I think sort of general feeling is, you know, really, really, really positive, um, except for sort of the statement about it still being a buyer's market, you know, which I think is, it is stating you know, the obvious. <laughs> look, um, the other takeaway from from the chemical call, and, and I think I think they did a really nice job of summarizing the market this sure. time. So it's for something sure. I'm going to disagree with, but but the. The takeaway that that the utilities and the term market is really, you know, the term market is about requirements. The spot market is about discretion, uh, and and that we don't look at the spot market as reflecting costs of production or or making investment decisions based on spot market price. We look at making investment decisions, you know, for bringing our projects up when the term market supports our projects. You know, the term market is awful close to supporting the Lance project today and any, you know, a small amount of improvement in the term market, you know, along with the contracts that we have today at the at the Lance or for the Lance production, you know, are going to bring us into, um, uh, you know, accelerating that production decision, making, you know, making the project uh, productive again. Okay. I mean, the other thing too that came out of the Cameco call yesterday was this commentary on these sort of hyper-promoted 
new uranium juniors. And, it's, and as an investor, it gets very confusing. There's lots of new stories with you know, seemingly endless amounts of uranium capable of being produced from um, you know, teams of people who um, you know, tell a great story. So what would you say to investors either new to uranium investing or you know, new, new to your company? Uh, why pick you versus some of these new, you know, new uranium juniors with gr- these great stories in place? Well, everybody should do their own homework, but you got to look at who's been in the in the business, who has the assets, who has the facilities, who has the team. Uh, you know, Peninsula has a modern production facility in Wyoming, uh, very flexible in its in its ramp up and ramp down. It has a, a you know a complete team of of professionals ready to produce uranium. We're not an exploration story with with a big exploration potential. We're a developer with you know production uh, potential. That's very real. We've been in production. We've idled our production, but we have modern facilities. And you know, with Peninsula, you're not looking at uh, decades of of development, licensing, mine planning, and massive capital requirements. You're looking at a company now that's well positioned to just move forward when the market says go. Okay. Immediately. Okay. I appreciate your time today and I you know, always appreciate your appreciate your candor to um, stay in touch. Let us know how things are progressing um, and we will uh, speak to you soon. Thanks, Matt. It's been a pleasure speaking with you today. Appreciate the opportunity to share our story. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.